0: Welcome to Seeds, a show where we talk with people who are living lives of purpose and doing amazing things that make a positive impact in our world. We take time to listen to them as they reflect on their life journeys and what has shaped them into who they are today and what motivates them to be involved in what they do. Well, hey everyone, welcome along to the show. I'm glad you could join me as today we're going to be speaking with Ron Park. Now, Ron is the founder of Korure, and we have a fascinating conversation about his origins in Korea, moving to New Zealand as a child, founding that business, and being an entrepreneur. And after the interview, we did something a little bit fun, which is we recorded a second interview, which I'll upload as a bonus episode. And it's a little bit out there, but in the interview, we take the perspective of 100 years from now and reflect on what we talked about in this interview. So you might want to check that out as well, as it was quite fun to do. The other thing is that we recorded this as a video so there's a link in the show notes if you want to watch us talking and that gives a good insight into the interview process as well if you do enjoy the episode and what we're trying to do with seeds which is tell good stories then check out some of the back catalog as well and there's a website at theseeds.nz Now, let's get into this conversation with Ron. All right. So, it's a pleasure to welcome Ron Park, who's the founder of Kodure. Thanks for joining me.
1: Thank you very much, Stephen. Yeah. Great to join you today.
0: Yeah. It's good to have you on the podcast. And I think we connected at one of the UCE sort of events, didn't we?
1: Yeah. 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 Um, I think it was Sustainability Challenge or one of those ones. That's it. And um, we had a chat and then we uh, figured out they were both UCSA execs. (laughs) Yep. Exactly. Former 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 execs. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So, we had a bit in common. And what I'd love to do on the podcast is really tell stories about people who've started businesses or doing interesting things in the world. Mm -hmm. Um, And I know in your case, you've got a fascinating story. So that's what we're going to unlock here. Um, But... um, not just the business what i love to do is find out about people's backstories Mm -hmm. in order to be able to explain like how they got into what they're doing today so in your case if you could tell us a little bit about where you're from
1: um i'm from korea so uh, i moved to new zealand um when i was about eight or nine i think 2004 i went to a primary which is Christchurch, went to Cobble Intermediate, Christchurch, and they went to Stax and Andrews College, and um, I went to Canterbury. So I pretty much grew up in Christchurch. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, cool.
0: So what do you remember about Korea? Like eight or nine, I remember being eight or nine. Like yes. it's, that, it's that transitional stage mm-hmm. from being a child and your memories are basically the photos that you, your parents show you. Yes, yeah. And actually, I kind of remember like eight or nine. So hmm. what, what do you remember of Korea?
1: um korea i guess i just remember it being i just remember going to school um and it was really different in a way that the, the the teaching and stuff like that so i used to um i think in korea just in general they uh prioritize in education so mm. i remember going to school as, as an elementary school kid and yep. then after school i think it's three or four um when you finish i would have um private tuitions lined up back to back to back until nighttime right so that was a memory that i cannot let go so i'll do um you know taekwondo class uh for fitness i'll i learn cello um i did cello for a long time um uh i have um some sort of brain exercise uh tuitions it's really quite funny it's about like lego blocks and stuff like that to make my thought process um better mm-hmm. uh so it's it's very different to new zealand so that's what i remember from korea mm. and um another uh memory is just leaving korea that was quite hard i'm um, just saying goodbye to my family and friends um yeah but that's what i can remember of korea yeah. yeah
0: so just we'll talk about that bit but just the um the extra tuition and things like yeah so you're only seven or eight or whatever yeah and you're going after school to extra school exactly yeah and yeah. It's quite a different mindset, isn't it? Because I, I lived in Japan for five years and I worked as an yeah. English teacher and I used to help these students come in and they would be like a little bit older, maybe 13, 14, mm-hmm. but they'd be cramming English. Mm. And so they would come, They, I would have a class like from five to six or six to seven at night you know for these young kids yeah it's really different approach
1: yeah so um definitely it's it's a cultural thing I believe mm-hmm. um, I think just going back to how it all began I think it's to do with um, Korean War and how poor Korea was so right. apparently Korea was one of the poorest countries in the world like poorer than most African countries at the time after the war mm-hmm and um since south korea didn't have much resources around they had to rely on education and technology so um from what i know is that they um focused on education from then and just culturally people just focus on education and just you know your everyday normal school days weren't enough they wanted to be better so parents wanted their kids to be better than other kids so that they had a better future mm. and that's the background story and um i believe that's where it all came from and um yeah, uh,
0: so it really kind of centered back to the Korean War and yeah. and that time and the people coming out of that realizing that education was a way to get ahead.
1: Exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah, so the reason why I um, spoke of the background story is because um, it wasn't just my family. It mm. was everyone. Yeah. So that's what I want to emphasize on. It's just a cultural yeah. thing. It's just a yeah. cultural thing. Yeah, everybody. Yeah. yeah. And
0: I guess similar you know in in a way in japan as well they had the devastation of mm. the war as well and yeah um but i hear yeah it's fascinating isn't it to think back of what is it that influences
1: culture exactly and, uh, definitely
0: yeah. the devastation from war <laughs> yeah would be a big one yeah.
1: yeah and and um so just following from that the reason why i came to new zealand was also because of education so okay. my parents wanted me me and my sisters to have a better education in English and experience the overseas education. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it just kind of all flows um, through in my life um, in terms of w- why I'm here and, and who I am as well. Yeah. It's part of the story. Yeah. Exactly, yeah, yeah. definitely. Yeah. yeah. So
0: do you remember the day that they came to you and said, have you heard of this place called New Zealand? Because we're going. <laughs> um, or was it a, yeah,
1: do you have any memory of that? I actually do. So... Um, just need to tell another background story is that, is that um, uh, my sister, older sister, mm-hmm. uh, used to travel and she actually fell in love with Christchurch in New Zealand because she, she used to travel heaps and um, she came to uh, Kashmir Hill, I believe, and then she looked at the night sky and then looked at the beautiful stars, a little bit different to where we are from where we can't see stars. Right. And she decided to live here. So she came back to Korea, convinced her parents to let her live there and study there. Mm-hmm. And um, she, after a year, she kind of decided that as a as a teenager, she couldn't handle being alone, so she was at homestay. Mm-hmm. And then asked my parents asked my mom to live with her. Ah. And since she's the oldest, they, I have another sister that's older than me, middle child, and I'm the youngest. Mm-hmm. She said, "Oh, if I'm going, I have to look after the kids, so I have to take Ron, take the family, yeah, yeah take the family there." Wow. So.
0: <laughs> so it's your older sister that yeah. really is the origin. Yeah, so
1: it was more like, Oh, Mum's Ron, Mum's going to uh New Zealand, um you're going too, sort of thing. And it was like <laughs> we're a sudden decision. So uh I i I believe we had to wrap everything up in a couple of months, um just uh and pack uh-huh. everything and say goodbye to family and friends and and off we went. Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
0: So what was it like arriving in New Zealand?
1: Oh, um I was quite young, so I can't quite remember, but I just remember that it was different yeah that's just I could feel it on my skin it was different um, obviously surrounding the people the language everything was different but mm-hmm. I just felt it on my skin and um, the, the vivid memory that I have is Fenodon primary school I hated it I um, absolutely hated going to school mm-hmm. I cried every single day because couldn't speak the language mm-hmm. um, just Yeah, I was going to ask
0: you because you said I imagine you'd learned a few basic English words, but probably coming in Mm. not speaking fluently at all, right? Yeah,
1: I remember all I could say was like "hello," Mm. my name's Ron, or or something simple like that. Yeah, and um, I just struggled a lot because I was more of an introvert um, at the time, and I I loved reading books, and you know, I was I didn't I wasn't kid who would go run around and um, play sports. I was a kid reading books at home so yeah i'm um, coming here strange place different place so well, yeah i struggled a lot and yeah, yeah. that's, so how that's, that's you, my memory
0: how did you cope with that or did it just as you learned the language it got better or yeah. what happened next
1: i remember um one particular friend my best friend um, still friends with him best friend um jave he um kind of took me under his wing okay. um, at the time and uh um you know uh we i started playing rugby and that was the biggest thing for me was playing sports, mm-hmm. and that kind of over—that's uh, how I overcame the language barrier. Uh, I was able to actually connect with people and friends on a physical level, mm-hmm. and that kind of goes beyond uh, language. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, just just being able to talk mm-hmm. and speak the language kind of helped as well. Uh, and I think for the first two years, I thought it was horrible, but then after that, um, it just it got better. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. makes sense. Yeah.
0: And your friend Jave, like, um, what was it about him that I guess meant that he took you under his wing. You meant you see I love that picture, but Yeah. Do you know what was going on there?
1: Um I'm not too sure. Jave was a introvert kid as well, I remember. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm not sure what his thought process was at the time. It is a while ago. Um, but I believe that we're kind of connected in a way that we're both sort of introverts and mm-hmm. we're both quiet. Mm-hmm. And um I guess, you know, I think it's a Kiwi culture to you know, um, support the underdog sort of thing, like support the kid doesn't really have friends and things like that. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Um,
0: so maybe you saw some similarities. and wanted yeah, to yeah, yeah,
1: definitely. So I still yeah. thank him for that. Actually, yeah. Yeah, 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 that's
0: cool. Well, shout out to him. I love yeah. people in, in life journeys, you know, and you look back and it's like this person helped, because of course, then the natural thing is, who's that person for you? Like, you know, yeah. who could you help that that needs, you know, and I'm talking really to the listeners right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, how can we, how can we help each other? Yeah, Oh, yeah. that's great. So coming through your, um, you know, your high school years, like, did you know what area you enjoyed the most? Like, yeah, you mentioned you like reading and things. Did-
1: yeah, um, after, I think during puberty I changed a lot and I became an extrovert. Um, and um, I, uh, but just going back to your question, I've mm. always. I've always known that um, business was the way for me. Okay. Um, my dad's a business owner. Um, grew up watching him do mm-hmm. his business, and um, and I really looked up to that. And I just kind of wanted to own my own destiny. That's mm-hmm. always been my part. Um, nothing against people who, who you know doesn't. It's just personal preference. Yeah. And um, yeah. So. So your dad was a big. Um role model or influence for you yes 100 percent. yeah so um, he ran a construction company and he does a bit of property stuff um, and uh, I just remember I still have this memory I was super young but I remember his company was doing a a big hospital construction okay so uh, um, my memory of that was you know all the important people were in their suits and had a vest orange vest on and a hard hat on Mm -hmm. and then I just remember my I was by my dad's side and I just remember all these group of people just following him, taking notes and him just pointing at people, like telling them what to do. And that I just cannot let go. And I just thought that's someone I want to be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, yeah, so during high school, I didn't know what I wanted to do. Hmm. Uh, Just like any old kid. Um, But but you were
0: playing rugby and... (laughs) yeah
1: and but then i just knew in back of my mind that i wanted to be a business owner so my interests were like um accounting and economics and things like that Mm -hmm. but at the time it was just just you know just whatever (laughs) yeah 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 um but i kind of came to realize what i wanted after high school and kind of thought oh what do i actually want to do yeah time to get serious
0: and uh yeah yeah choose my destiny was there a dynamic in that growing up here like that okay, one day we're gonna return to Korea as a family. Like, was that part of it? Like you'd come for the studies and things and then we're gonna go back home? Yeah. Or, I'm just always curious about like, where is home?
1: That's a very you know? good question because you're bang on the nail. Right. So um, it was meant to be two years, we study here and then uh-huh. go back. So uh, at the time, just to give you an idea is my dad was, had a business, so he, he was living in Korea. So it was quite hard for mom right. and dad to, mom had to look after us here. Yeah. So it was initially going to be just two years, learn English, come back, continue, study, that two years turned into four years Five years. I will finish high school. I will finish primary school, and then just keep going until I graduate from university. Right. <laughs> wow! Yeah. And yeah. your mum was here the whole time. Um, she but was here until I turned eighteen, so she had okay. legally had to look after me until I was eighteen. So, I see. as soon as I turned eighteen, she's just goodbye. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so she's gone back to Korea. Now, yeah, right. yeah, she's
1: gone back. Um, as soon as I turned eighteen, I think that was like two thousand and thirteen. Yeah, Yeah, ah, yeah. interesting.
0: But you, you weren't tempted to. Also get on the plane and go back to your country of origin, yeah. I guess. Or? Um,
1: very interesting question. So uh, um, so three siblings, um, eldest mm. one and I decided to stay. Okay. And the um, middle sister, she actually lo- liked Korean, lo- loved Korean culture more. So she actually went back yeah. and she became an English teacher. Ah, yeah, so I guess it's um, just personal um, preference. And um, I believe that I'm a Kiwi more than a Korean. Yeah. So uh, yeah, just decided to stay.
0: Yeah. 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 Oh, that's really great. Yeah. It's fascinating to think about where your identity is and what is it that forms you and shapes you and yeah. um, Yeah. What's what impact that has, you know, to, to come here as an eight or nine year old. Yeah. And clearly it's shaped your identity. <laughs> oh, hundred yeah. percent. Yeah.
1: I can't imagine myself living my entire life in Korea. Yeah. Um, my thought process and my beliefs mm. and my passion and things. It would be completely different. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Yeah.
0: Can I ask what, what do you think are the positives of Korean culture that you maybe have brought with you?
1: Definitely. Um that's definitely the work ethic. That right. is something that I believe is the strongest um, characteristic, positive characteristic from Korean culture. Mm-hmm. And I cannot let go of that. And I still work out. I still work 80 hours, even 100 hours a week. So mm-hmm. yeah, um, there are also bad side as well. Mm-hmm. But the beauty of being bicultural is that you can pick and choose yeah. what's positive. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. Oh, yeah.
0: well, that's good. And um, you, for your father, like, it must be quite hard to have said goodbye to his son at age eight, nine and yeah. and you're still here.
1: Yeah, actually uh, another vivid memory of Korea is um leaving the airport. I remember my dad crying, like not literally sobbing, but mm. I-, I could see his eyes getting very teary. Mm-hmm. And you know the gate when it kind of closes when you're departing? Yeah. I just remember him getting teary and um as a young child, and my dad is a very um very strong man. He was in the military for as an officer for uh 10, 10 plus years uh, very st- uh, you know if you can right. imagine uh, a movie samurai or something like yeah, a very yeah. disciplined um, strong man and i'm um, seeing that yeah uh kind of made me cry as well but it would be it w- i'm i'm sure it was very hard for him mm. yeah. yeah but i
0: guess he saw the opportunity that learning english being fluent in english i mean would would open up for you and, and your mm-hmm. siblings.
1: Exactly, definitely. Yeah. I hope he's proud. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Not yet, but hopefully <laughs> in the future. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
0: Oh, that's great. So um, we're kind of up to high school and mm-hmm. it, you stayed here in Christchurch. You went to Canterbury University?
1: Yes, yes, I did. So um, I actually had a gap here right after high school. Oh, I okay. I just didn't know um, what I wanted to do and just kind of had a transition period going from uh, naive kid to kid who just didn't know what he wanted to do in life Mm. to um, actually, you know, choosing my destiny in terms of what I wanted to do in the future. So that one year, I didn't do much. Um, I just kind of decided to... um do nothing, mm-hmm. <laughs> and so um, your mum had just
0: left to leave yes. to go back. Yeah, and so you basically stayed here. Or? Stayed
1: here by my oh with my sister, yeah. my older sister. Mm-hmm. She was like my second mum at the time. Yeah, right. Yeah, so yeah, I just decided to do nothing. Just kind of take my time and um, learn about myself. And mm. that transition period was quite valuable. And I decided that business is something that I wanted to do. Mm. And um, I planned my life. I literally planned my life. I found a sticky mm. note in my room um, in terms of my plan Mm -hmm. five-year plan i haven't achieved all of it but um i've achieved most of it and uh and starting a business was one of them yeah yeah so yeah so that
0: one year where you're kind of taking time out and Mm -hmm. finding yourself and and those sorts of things like yeah i'm really curious about that because i actually think it's a great idea i think a gap year at that age Mm -hmm. is potentially so important because there's so much pressure on well you know either go work or go get a degree or move on, progress your life, you know, there's there's very little time for reflection. Mm. Um, and I think very often people end up studying things that they're kind of feel like, I should, I was kind of good at writing, so maybe I'll do law. Or I was kind of, I enjoyed science, so maybe I'll be a scientist. Mm. But they don't ever really step back and have that objective time. Yeah. Um, tell us more about that. Yeah.
1: yeah, I think everyone should take a gap year after high school. It's just because I don't know what it is culturally. I don't know what it's education system. We as younger generation, we just don't know what we want and we don't know what we – and you shouldn't know what you want. That's the thing. Like at that age, you shouldn't know what you want. And if you don't take your time to think about what you actually want to do, you're – Bound to be not happy, mm. and happiness is a key to life. And um, and uh, what I've seen a lot, as you mentioned as well, a lot of my friends or a lot of peers that I knew, they went straight to university, mm. and they ended up doing a different degree. So they would say do law or or something. I'm just making an example. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they by end of it. They kind of have to want to f- have to finish, but then at the same time, then going, oh, this isn't not what I want, and then yeah. they'll end up starting something else, and that's four five years wasted um, in their life. But if they just took that one year to really decide mm-hmm. with what they wanted to do. That wouldn't have happened not mm. saying that making mistake is bad making mistake is good because you learn from it yeah only if you learn from it yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, if, if you just take a gap year and just really get to know yourself and decide mm. what you want it'll be very beneficial yeah, yeah that's
0: great so was there any particular moments or things that happened that may, meant you felt like you knew yourself better like how did that work
1: um I think I I had a fight big fight with my dad right after high school so uh i was meant to get into the top uh, he wanted me to get into the top three one of the top three universities in korea um, mm-hmm. right after high school come back to korea pass on his business La the same same story you hear um uh but i didn't get into any of them but mind you i tried the hardest in my entire life like if i was to turn back time that's that's like the time where I tried the hardest in my life like right. I gave it my 120% right. but I still didn't get in right blessing in disguise though yeah yeah um, and um, dad was unhappy so he actually told me to just go to the army so in Korea South Korea you have to go to mandatory two years army right um, so he and him being in the office as an officer in 10 years he's like all men should go to the army mm-hmm. and I said no so that was actually my first time saying no to my dad right and um, that was a quite a big fight and um that kinda made me realise who I was in in terms of mm-hmm. I'm not Korean, I am actually Kiwi. Mm. Um I actually I am Korean. I am a Korean Kiwi. Mm-hmm. But I, I, I define myself as a Korean Kiwi, not just Korean and um and New Zealand Christchurch is where I belong. Yeah. And this is my community, this is my home. So mm. that's my realisation, yeah, of myself. Wow. Yeah. Yeah.
0: That's interesting. It's it. What you know? What is it that crystallizes identity for people? And in yeah. your case, it was conflict. <laughs> yeah, conflict. Yeah, yeah. 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 Oh. I was
1: very nervous and scared at the time, but yeah, and, yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah. So, um, how did you cope with that disappointment of of telling your dad or, or not getting into those universities if that was the plan?
1: Oh, it's very personal, but I, I, uh, I actually cried, and I don't cry um at all i i can count my hands how many times i cried in my life mm-hmm. and um um I'm, I'm sure you can ask my friends and peers i never cry and mm-hmm. that time i cried i hope my friends don't see this <laughs> fr- yeah and i actually remember crying to my mum, saying i'm sorry i've disappointed you because i know how much how much um sacrifice my parents made right for us and um, how much effort you, you know parents living away from each other that's that's huge mm-hmm. yeah i now I kind of know, you know, having a girlfriend and stuff like that, you just kind of know living away from your significant other is very hard. But mm. they did that for us, for our future, for our education, just going back to that because they saw the importance. Yeah. So, yeah, I just coped it. In a in a crying manner, mm-hmm. um, just got it out in one day, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and it kind of hid in my room, sort of thing, and then apologized to my mom, crying, and then she just kind of said it's okay. You yeah. know, I'm still proud of you, sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, and um, uh, and I just kind of reflected on myself, and that was the whole whole thing going into that gap here, just mm-hmm. trying to find myself and yeah. things like that. Yeah.
0: yeah. Well, I really appreciate your openness and sharing, yeah. that, <laughs> because I think it is, it is important um, to to acknowledge that Mm. life isn't always 100% smiles and happiness is it no it's there there is for all of us there's going to be things that happen and and I think particularly for men there's a there's a tendency not to admit I didn't make it or Mm. you know there's a weakness or a failure or whatever it is like I think it's important that we actually are willing to Mm -hmm. recognize something's bad happened and definitely and be able to accept it and move on (laughs) yeah 100% yeah yeah great so you get through the end of that year and that's when you enrolled in university
1: yeah that's correct so um, I enrolled in university after that Mm -hmm. Um, I decided that I would do accounting and finance because I knew that that knowledge would be very valuable for my business Mm -hmm. so um, everything was planned from then on and and I love planning from uh, from that point on so um, and I actually started accounting finance degree and I actually started a, a Business (laughs) Business on <laughs> my first year. Um, uh, so I decided to. I, I re, what I realized is just this is a story about COVID uh, mm. in a way. So, even before I moved to New Zealand, my mom had been a crazy health food enthusiast, and we would take like 10 15 pills every morning, right? Yeah, um, you name it like uh, green mussel powder, capsule was one of them, mm. vitamins, um, uh manuka honey uh just magnesium just everything like literally we so had as
0: part of your childhood was yes having some supplements yeah other so things, every
1: yeah. morning mom will go kids um hubby i don't know <laughs> yeah, weird saying that um it's like here's a plate of pills to take in the morning pills health supplements uh-huh. and and most of them were from new zealand Huh. And we didn't even know about New Zealand at the time. So it's quite interesting. This is sixteen, eighteen years ago. Yeah, um, So it's quite crazy. And um, what happened is we continued to take New Zealand supplements when we were here. That's, mm-hmm. That had been my, um, my life, uh, taking supplements every morning. Mm-hmm. I still do. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, what I s- realized is that I was taking these supplements and I would always send these supplements to Korea for my parents and family and friends. I was mm-hmm. going... There's a market for it.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, people are buying this stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So
1: light bulb moment, ding. Yeah. And I went, actually, I might try sell it. Uh-huh. So uh I just used to buy it as a as a consumer a retail store. i just buy it and then I'll just sell it through connections or whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. Um I asked my mom's friend, be like, hey, like, you know, if you, you want to buy it. honey. Yeah, Manuka honey, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So um, and that's how it all started. So uh I hope IID is not listening to this, but uh, <laughs> I, I, yeah, but I, yeah, I was just—it was a business at the time. I didn't yeah, know what I was
0: doing. But you're like nineteen, yeah, 20 yeah, years old. Yeah, nineteen years trying, old. Trying, trying, to things out. Hustle. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Interesting, but you—I guess the you know, because it is all about the story and that's why i love to find out the background because mm. it's one thing to say, tell us about your business today, but it's really important. I think to get the context and yeah. like, where did it come from? So you've got, you already have a market in mind, which is, I guess, Korea, yes. Asia yeah. as a potential place to exactly. purchase things that are good for, you know, yeah. health.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, um, uh, so that's how it all began. And then, um, I kind of realized the more and deeper that uh, I went with the industry, mm-hmm. um, I'm just going to be very careful not to name any brands or, or mm-hmm. anything as such because I don't want to get sued. Yeah. <laughs> um, is, uh, the brands that I was um, exporting and was selling, um, I you know, I got to a stage where they kind of invited me into the factory and they kind of showed me what they're doing and mm-hmm. et cetera. What I realized is that when I went into the back to the factory, I didn't see any machines but just like bottle fillers. So I kind of realized like, that's weird. Like, you know, isn't the ingredients made here? Like, you know, sort of thing. And then um, what I realized is that they just have capsules delivered to New Zealand from China or overseas. And then they just uh, put a label on saying it's made in New Zealand. Hmm. And mind you, these are one of the products that we've been taking for over 15 years. Hmm. And that's where my heart crushed. And I just kind of realized, there's something wrong in this industry. I'm mm. um, not going to name any brands. Please don't ask me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. no, <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. fine. And yeah. it wasn't just one brand, it was um, not saying all, some brands in the industry. Mm-hmm. So um, so the image is different to the reality? 100%. Yeah. So I, I believe that it was uh, people in Asia, they pay premium price for these products because mm. they know, they think, or they, they have this image of clean, green New Zealand, yep. made here, extra, extra, extra. But it's actually packaged here hmm. packaged in new zealand <laughs> uh, nothing wrong with those capsules or the ingredients i'm sure they're great but mm. it's just the fact that it's quite deceiving mm. yeah because because to me that's lying mm. to to the customers mm-hmm. um, blatantly so that's when i kind of realized okay i want to um do things do, a bit differently maybe yeah do things yeah. more transparent you know um i'm giving these products to my mom my friends family friends people and my name's and my face is at stake um, in terms of these products. So I kind of realized I don't want to sell these things. Mm. This is this is a bunch of seaweed, mm. like, you know, poo. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, and yeah, that's where it all started. And another realization I had a time, at the time is that fish oil, fish oil market, fish market in general is just not sustainable. So sustainability is something that I kind of focus on since um, since uh, at a young age. Mm. Um, So just 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 a statistical fact is that only ninety percent sorry, ninety percent of the uh, fish are being fished unsustainably. So flip that, only ten percent is being fished sustainably. Mm. So that's a big number. And um, I was just looking at. So I had that sustainability in mind. I had this heartbroken um, um, uh, entrepreneur, a young entrepreneur. um, I just kind of wanted to. And what came. And what kind of brought me together is Greenland Mussel. So first of all, Greenland Mussel is grown in New Zealand. You can't lie about that. It's native to New Zealand. Mm-hmm. So it's pure New Zealand. And the other side is that it's super sustainable. So just to give you an idea, Greenland Mussel, you drop a rope, just saying it easily. They grow. They're bottom feeders. You don't have to feed them. You don't have to, you know, uh, f- do, do much mm-hmm. And them. Um, they are one of the um, most sustainable seafood in the world. They are actually rated by that, by United Fisheries, uh, mm-hmm. sorry, United seafood program mm. yeah so that's where everything kind of clicked for me in place like yep. a puzzle and then that's why i decided to start the company yeah yeah
0: so what year was this of your studies like is it the yeah. final year or because you also yeah. were involved with the summer starter right the uce yes
1: uce summer um uc entrepreneurship summer startup so yep. that was 2017-18 so i had this idea in my final year um 2017 so okay. i was already um making progress of, I registered the company and I um, uh, decided on the products and stuff like that. And Mm -hmm. then the UCE, I joined, it starts at the end of 2017. So I got involved with UCE and um, that's where it kind of grew in a way that they told me what I had to do, um, Mm -hmm. mentors. um, I learned heaps because at the time I just had no idea what I was doing. Yeah, right. Yeah, 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 yeah. so
0: yeah you had an end goal but not sure how to get there right exactly <laughs> yeah. exactly
1: and just a shout out to uce for oh, the great work that they do right? 100 percent. shout out to UCE, <laughs> james dr rachel wright thank you <laughs> <laughs> if you're watching thank yeah, you so much yeah yeah, yeah yeah that's
0: awesome no i'd love to highlight people helping other people because it's such a critical role isn't it yeah yeah
1: so i think it's in my opinion that's my personal opinion is one of the best programs uh, a young entrepreneur uh, can get involved yeah. um UC is not paying me for this, yeah. uh, for anything. Um, I think it's something that, you know, if, even if you're not interested in business, it's something that you should try out because you might, you know, find yourself that you are a, mm. an entrepreneur mm. and you might um, have, you know, a passion for it. Yeah, So yeah.
0: yeah. Oh, that's good. So what would be the top skill that you learned through that, do you think? Like from the beginning to the end, what, what was it that you... If I had to pick one skill? Yeah, just...
1: Um, I think... I wouldn't say it's a skill but networking okay so i remember we had a speaker every morning i think it was every morning or every second morning mm-hmm. um, a mentor come in do a presentation to us and kind of talk to us about their journey and then we had, we had a separate time to talk to them afterwards if we were interested mm-hmm. and um, i still some of my mentors are from uce already mm-hmm. um shout out to um michael and shout out to lloyd as well mm-hmm. um they um they've been my mentors since um the beginning Right. so yeah um I think that's the that's the key thing networking and just talking to people who's been through that journey already and that's mm-hmm. so valuable because they've already made the mistakes for you and, and they're teaching you not to make those mistakes so yeah yeah i guess yeah.
0: if you're humble enough to listen and learn from people right exactly <laughs> uh, that's another
1: key as well <laughs> yeah yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah that's
0: great so you get to the end of that program and mm-hmm. then um yeah what happened next did it
1: feel like this is actually it's got legs it's viable um so no it uh, i so i, I guess a health supplement thing it, the thing with how someone is it takes a long time for it to prepare and mm-hmm. to produce and make. So I didn't have my product until March 2018. Mm-hmm. So that was after the program. So um, at the time, I had job lined up as an accountant at Staples Roadway. Mm-hmm. Um, so I decided to be an accountant um, and try that out. Uh, and see whether you know i never i still at the time i wasn't too sure mm. um, whether I wanted to be an accountant or what was what was my my future yeah I, I knew that I wanted to be a businessman in the future, but i do 't know if it was the right timing um so I became an accountant, um, I decided to study for my c a et cetera, and I was just side hustling um, uh so uh, doing my accounting job um nine to five and then I would go back home and then um do my uh I work on call today, mm-hmm. and um, oh, actually, I always go to the gym as well. How fitness is key. Right, <laughs> just yeah. adding that is important for me. So, yeah, and um, on the weekends, no partying, no drinking. Just, mm-hmm. just save money and just work on call today, and you know, mm-hmm. um, on the business. So, mm-hmm. and um, there came a time, I think, end of 2018, I decided to go full time, and I, I, I was quite ready by then. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, and I made a decision to take the leap of faith. Mm -hmm. and um yeah and go full time and i think it was the best decision i've made yeah yeah so far
0: was was there a moment that you made that decision or was it a a building thing that all a whole bunch of factors meant that yes i'm gonna do it
1: or um i just came to a realization that i would never make a decision if i was waiting for a sign right so Um, at the time just being honest I don't think I had enough revenue to support my lifestyle Mm -hmm. but I just knew that if I was doing full time job and side hustling I wasn't going to get anywhere Mm -hmm. so uh, I just struggled a lot with obviously working and then starting for CA chartered accountancy is is not easy and obviously on top running a business on the side uh, was was super difficult Mm -hmm. so yeah uh, I had to make a decision I talked to a lot of my mentors I talked Mm -hmm. to my friend Um, Troy who um, owns uh, Bacon Brothers I talked to him and then Uh, We used to work at ANZ together while I was at uni. Uh, Yeah, And um, I kind of saw his process of leaving his full-time job at ANZ to starting his um, burger business. So I talked to him and then, yeah, just talking to people about it and just coming to the realization that there's never a perfect time. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. (laughs) Just got to do it. Yeah.
0: Well, I love that, though. And I think that's really important for the listeners to be hearing because lots of them Mm. will have projects, they'll have side hustles, they'll have ideas, they'll have concepts that maybe you know waiting for the moment that mm. it's right but i think i agree with you probably if you're waiting for that sign it's you know it's not going to come it,
1: yeah and,
0: and i think as well i i'm i've been reflecting more that it's all about the journey right like mm. you've you got to enjoy every aspect of it and um not be waiting for some perfect moment to come mm-hmm. you know when when your business is successful like yeah. enjoy the early stages as well so exactly
1: yeah yeah Yeah. struggle struggle is i think if you look back at it it's 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 part of the journey and and i think you kind of need that in a a business if you don't struggle and everything's just rainbows and butterflies and all that uh that's it's a boring journey yeah 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 Yeah, Yeah, it's
0: probably not a realistic one is it no it's not realistic (laughs) and
1: and even if it does happen to someone or it happened i wouldn't want that for me i think the struggle does make you better and stronger
0: yeah yeah I agree well for the people listening some of them like I say will have ideas that they just haven't put into place so your Mm -hmm. experience is get out there and and give it a go right yep 100% like
1: you've got nothing to lose especially if you're under age 30 Mm -hmm. Um, what have you got to lose like soon as you get married and you have mortgage for your house you you've got all those risks or uh, not a risk but you've got things to take care of yeah but when you're responsibilities yeah yeah Yeah. so when you're young that's the best time i think it's very cliche like a lot of business owners and entrepreneurs talk about it but it's so true like Mm. if you don't do it now when and you know the less responsibility the better not saying that older there are people that started their business after having a family or in their 40s and 50s as well and it's never too late uh, in my opinion yeah yeah yeah
0: Yeah, no but i get your point and i think you're right and i think uh, for me anyway one of my own life um i guess life inspirations is what will i look back with regret on right you know like when i'm if i made it to 95 and i looked back would i regret not having done this thing or this thing and yeah. that's really been a helpful guiding principle for me because it does it throws it into sharp relief if there's some difficult decision to be made and you think well when i'm at the end of my life am i going to regret not having gone for it yeah. embraced whatever it is and that's helped me anyway <laughs> i think
1: that's the really good way to see it and i yeah. think i agree 100% yeah, yeah. yeah. living life with any regrets yeah yeah, yeah exactly
0: yeah. so um tell us a bit about the business and just starting with the name korure what is yeah. what does it mean and yeah, yeah how did you um how did you end up focusing on this particular
1: yeah um so the name kind of it uh, was the hardest decision i've ever made mm-hmm. it actually took took six months to decide on a name because mm-hmm. um at the time i had pages and pages of names you know generic names like something healthy something good life um, and um, this particular name kind of stuck with me because of the meaning behind it so korure means to change directions in mori mm. it also means mortal petrol bird which is native to new zealand but i'll focus on the first uh, change of direction mm-hmm. and i really kind of resonated with me so if you ever look at the logo mm-hmm. it's actually two opposite facing arrows as in showing the direction i see yeah and it, it kind of comes together to resemble a dna which is i believe in the science and the health mm. and yeah so um it just stuck with me and i i myself love uh, maori culture mm. and uh um, coming from a different culture i think um new zealand is a beautiful place with biculturalism and respecting the uh the maori culture um you don't see that too often overseas so um there's something that i've strived to be in i believe myself as a kiwi and um you know, promoting multiculture is, is being a Kiwi. Mm. Yeah. 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 So that's, that's the story behind the name. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, I love that what you said as well, that it took you six months to come up with the name, which I think is probably a, a good thing because it's so easy just to just pick something. Yeah. But it's that thought. And, um, I've said this before on the podcast, but I called this podcast seeds and it's one word, you know, it's simple mm. and everyone understands the moment i say it um spending time on that getting a name right is important (laughs) very important yeah 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 yeah.
1: Yeah, but it's it's, i think it's important to actually believe in the name that you truly believe because um i'm proud of it and i can back it up 100 Yeah, yeah
0: yeah yeah and you've got a good story to explain it so um you mentioned before new zealand is clean and green and things so um just talk us through what the particular product is that you're Mm -hmm. really focusing on and what it is that you're hoping that it will help people with.
1: Yeah. So, um, so if you can see from that photo, photo there, Mm -hmm. um, it's Greenland Muscle. So all our muscles come from Marlborough sounds. Mm -hmm. Um, so, Reason behind uh, I chose or uh, we chose Greenland Muscle is because of for the fact that it's sustainable mm-hmm. and it's uh, we call it hashtag fish oil on steroids. Uh, reason being is a sustainable side and then all the um, different spectrum of omega threes that's uh, that's present in the muscles. Mm-hmm. So um, I hope I, I think I do believe most people are aware of omega threes and the benefits mm-hmm. um, so. Uh, but general consumers only know about omega three, and if they do know about a little bit more, they only know about omega three EPA and DHA. So there are a whole other range of other omega threes that um, uh, that that are present. Um, on in Greenland mus- muscle, in particular, it has most of most of those omega threes, mm-hmm. and the one that we kind of particularly uh, focus on is omega three ETA. Okay, so. Omega ETA is a quite a new omega three that people didn't know about, so it's uh, there's not much study done on it. But um, uh, we believe that that is uh, reason why it has such a good properties and why it's fish oil on steroids. I see. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So just talk us through omega three because I think we have to yeah. assume that not everybody does know yeah. exactly. And I'd be curious just the short version of short what version is of what it. is the benefit? Yeah.
1: Put it simply, the benefits of omega three is that it's good for. Um, your heart it's good for your joints and it's also good for your eyes as well so mm-hmm. there are a lot of um research is done on omega-3 and it's, its benefits of um reducing heart risk by 40 percent mm-hmm. um actually it's really good for pregnant women as well for for the development of the babies mm-hmm. uh, reducing 44 percent in premature birth rate um uh so omega-3 has those benefits but to just give you background on omega-3 i just get quite geeky when i'm talking about this can't Mm -hmm. believe an accountant would talk about (laughs) omega-3s like this but um so omega-3 is something that you cannot um produce in your body you have to consume it so um but it, it's vital for your body because it makes up your eyes. Um, a lot of the vital organs, our brain um, needs omega-3. So it kind of works with the cell membrane in a way that um, it's very vital for your body. So therefore, hence why it's kind of going, your body can't make it. You need to consume it for your eyes and for your heart and all the vital organs. That's why it's quite important. So, benefits it's, it's a superfood. It's, it's good for your well being, eyes, heart, joints, and everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, one that we focus on for Greenland muscle is the joints. So, the reason behind that is um, this is separate to omega 3, but the proteins um, that's inside uh, uh, Greenland muscle, it's called GAG GAGs. Um, short name for glycosaminoglycloquins. That's a long word. Yeah, yeah i said it right. <laughs> so um, what, what glycosaminoglycloquins do is that they are pretty much building blocks of your cartilage. So um, a lot of people know what glucosamines are. Do you know glucosamine? I don't think so, no. So glucosamine uh, became very popular in the last 10 years mm-hmm. regarding um, it's a building block of your cartilage. Okay. So the GAGs, GAGs, are a broken down version of glucosamine. Mm. Um, so meaning that it kind of goes straight when you consume it, it kind of goes straight to your joints for your cartilage. Mm-hmm. So it's good for your cartilage rebuild. And um, most of the joint problems that people have um, is due to friction, osteoarthritis, um, your cartilage gets worn out and uh, your bone starts grinding, and that's why you get the pain and the inflammation. Mm-hmm. So, um, Greenland muscle, the gag, helping with the cartilage rebuild that's really good for it and also the omega-3 is just good for the joints and well-being in general Mm.
0: yeah yeah no that's great well i think there's definitely a focus these days on more than in the past on healthy eating Mm -hmm. and and particularly i've noticed recently i don't know about you but just people are getting more into consuming natural Mm -hmm. you know vegetables and and um organic yeah rather than red meat and yes is that a shift that is actually happening
1: yeah I do believe so Um, people are more health conscious just, mm-hmm. just in general um, uh, one thing I would live by and I do tell our customers and my friends is WAF Warren Fitness don't wait until you need surgery or you need to fix things mm-hmm. do your Warren of Fitness by eating healthy and exercising now mm-hmm. so that you are healthy in the future mm-hmm. um, I think it's a cultural thing in, in New Zealand that's she'll be alright Sort of thing that people don't really look after themselves um, when they're young or when they're healthy. Um, it's quite different in Asia, as you, as you, as, as I've mentioned about my childhood. Yeah, people take supplements to yeah. to do that, and potentially that's why I'm so healthy. Um, yeah. So well, there's
0: crazy stats about the um, the cost to society of the diabetes epidemic yes. and the various things that come from having obese yeah um, issues. Yeah, that probably could be solved by what, what's going into the body. Right? Oh, 100%. So <laughs> yeah.
1: that's another passion of mine. Yeah. So um, I don't know, geeky side of me coming out once again. So there's omega-3 and there's omega-6. Um, sorry, are you aware of omega-6? I don't think I am. Yeah, so, I need to know. Yeah, so <laughs> omega-6 is another um, uh, lipid or fatty acid okay. uh, uh, that your body can't produce. Mm-hmm. So just to give you a background, omega-6 is it's vital for your body, but at the same time, it causes inflammation in your body. But mind you, omega-6 is important and inflammation is important to a certain extent in your body because when you're sick, you heat up, right? That's your body fixing itself. So you need inflammation, Mm. but not too much. So what's happening, um, what's important here before I speak a little bit about our diet and how we should change our diet is that um, omega-3 and omega-6 ratio is super critical for human body um, uh, in terms of the health just in general. So the golden ratio is known to be four omega-6 and one omega-3. Um, healthcare professionals uh, or a skin rejuvenating clinics say omega-3 and 6. One-to-one ratio is actually the optimum. Um, and I do believe one-to-one is optimum as well. But this is statistics in US, not in New Zealand. But what guess what the actual ratio of people um, uh, have in their uh, body is to omega-3 Probably not enough, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so the, on the statistic at US, it's either 25 to 1, 25 omega-6, so to, uh, 1 omega-3, or a minimum a uh, 12 to 1. Mm. So that's horrendous. That's, mm. that's really bad for you. And I'll explain why that is if you're interested. Mm-hmm. Um, so the reason why we have such a um, high level of omega-6 um, in our body is because mm. of processed food. And people say processed food are bad, et cetera, et cetera, but they don't know the reason behind it. So the reason behind why processed food are bad is because omega-6 is contained a lot in some soybeans, corn, uh, corn oil, things like that, and dairy product as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and what happens is when you, um, since it's cheap to make, they, they fry and process all these processed food with corn oil or soybean oil. Mm-hmm. And since it's cheap, they, they use it, just economics, mm-hmm. capitalism. Mm-hmm. and um, what they do is by using this and using it as a processed food it and when omega-6 is heated up in a high temperature mm-hmm. it actually attacks your DNA and and also that's and it also produces inflammation as I mentioned before omega-6 causes inflammation mm-hmm. and that's why our modern Western diet I'll emphasize on Western diet is um, Uh, that is the reason why we have such a uh, high in omega-6. And I believe, and a lot of scientists believe, that the increased rate in cancer and heart attacks and all these physical problems is due to processed food and high-level omega-6. So that's one thing that I kind of tell my peers and family is you need to get that right. And consuming omega-3 helps with correcting that balance because it's not about how much you consume, it's about the ratio. Just key fact. So that's why um, if you don't take muscle oil, for example, take fish oil, Mm -hmm. Um, just take actually eating. Don't take supplements. Actually eating is the best way to go. Mm -hmm. Eat your muscles, eat your, um, you know, Asian people eat a lot of sashimi. It's rich salmon, you know, they like sashimi. Asian people are healthier than Western people because of their diet. They eat more omega 3s and they have that good balance. Mm. Um, yeah, I just wanted to share that because a lot of people don't know about it and it kind of frustrates me. Yeah. yeah, yeah.
0: No, it's good. And I think um, in the future, I think people will look back and think about diet and realize that people were actually maybe poisoning themselves they, <laughs> based on what they were eating. And it does come back in a way to the capitalism. Like, what is it that's going into these? Mm noodles and processed foods and all this stuff you know to preserve them to make them more sellable to you know but yeah um yeah I've noticed recently that I'm buying more fish you know just fresh fish Mm. and it tastes good and it I know it's healthier than some of the other options so definitely definitely yeah
1: Yeah. um it's, it's it's crazy how um how much we don't know i've only found out about this knowledge um in the last two years mm-hmm. and i've been sharing it um and um obviously you know thank you for inviting me here and having the opportunity to actually share this um uh, yeah. I'm, I'm quite happy i can share this because i feel like i'm not doing my part of the society about knowing this and not sharing it yeah. yeah yeah
0: well that's what i love about the podcast is the guests are so varied and that's why i'm asking you about omega-3 yeah. and omega-6 and stuff because. I don't know that much. And I think most of the people listening as well would be like, oh, that that was interesting. So that's good. So just coming back to the business and just, I guess, thinking about the entrepreneurial journey, you Mm. know, like what have been some of the the lessons that you've learned? Like if you could give yourself advice a year ago, you know, that sort of thing. Um, What have you learned since going full-time since uh, end of, was it 2018 that you started full-time? Yeah, 2018.
1: um the learns um i think not giving up is is the biggest one Mm -hmm. and um also learning from your mistakes (laughs) like learn from it like make mistakes but learn from it and don't ever make it happen again Mm -hmm. It's it's another important one and um i think this is very personal but there are a lot of good people out there so so don't shy away from, you know, hiding your idea or hiding what you're doing because mm. it's a top secret sort of thing. Uh, you'll realize that, you know, people are, people are there to help. Mm. Yeah. And, and they want to see you succeed. So, yeah, that's, that's, I guess, something that I personally thought was like, oh, people don't want to see me succeed or they're not going to help me. They don't right. care about me. But actually. Yeah. So you reality, found it's
0: a pretty generous community if, if you've got an issue. People will be there for you.
1: And, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Great thing about UC, um, mm-hmm. Ministry of Awesome, they've been great as well. Mm-hmm. And um, I've got a lot of people to pay back. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But Lots of mentors and advice, huh? Exactly, yeah. yeah. So there are a lot of good people out there. So just reach out. Don't mm-hmm. be shy. Yeah. Reach out. And, and a shout out help.
0: to Jacob at Ministry of Awesome. Jacob right? at Ministry of Awesome. He's yeah. great. Yeah. And, oh, um, he's amazing. Good yeah. friend of mine. So yeah, that's yeah. cool. Yeah. And just thinking about, because um, we talked before we started recording, that one of the Previous guest, Michael Mayo, <laughs> is uh, that he's somebody that you've been working with and doing things with. Do you want to tell us about any of yeah, those sort of projects? Yeah,
1: so um, another uh, interest that I have is um, hemp cannabis um, and CBD, um, specifically due to its anti inflammatory properties. Mm-hmm. Um, I like to say that I care about people's joints. Yeah, and um, so we uh, have been uh, working on. Fakamana, um, so it's a can. we believe that it will be it will be the best cannabis museum in the world mm-hmm. so um uh Stephen, have you been to the cannabis museum in city i don't think so no, no. where um, is it so it's in um manchester street okay yeah so uh there's a little greenhouse there um mm-hmm. as, a, as a museum mm-hmm. and you can go there and um michael or ave will greet you and then um talk to you about and educate you, mm-hmm. yeah. So our goal is to uh, essentially educate people about cannabis. So mm-hmm. um, there has been a stigma of cannabis being evil, as bad as drug and whatnot. But in reality, it's not true. So cannabinoids, cannabis, um, there's hemp and there's marijuana. Uh, difference is hemp uh, has more a very low level of THC, which is a hallucination factor, mm-hmm. and marijuana has high level of THC. Mm-hmm. In fact, hemp is one of the fastest-growing plant in the world, and it's very sustainable. It's very, very su- s- sustainable. It helps the soil that it grows on. It can be used for uh, clothing. It can be used for many things, mm-hmm. um, and uh, obviously, can be for medical as well for CBD and mm-hmm. um, THC also.
0: Mm-hmm. So that's the aspect that you're focusing on. Yes, because I know there's lots of reforms sort of in the pipeline. I guess yes, um, yeah. but also around. Um, Testing uh, for med- for medicinal purposes.
1: Yeah, I mean. yeah. So CBD is actually uh, considered pharmaceutical medicine in New Zealand already, mm-hmm. and um, I hope that uh, CBD becomes a health supplement so that uh, it'll be more readily available for people just mm-hmm. in general because the benefits benefits of CBD is incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, just going back to the Fakamana, uh, what what we want to achieve is educational facility so we want to educate people about why cannabis is not evil and it's actually really good for you and it's future of New Zealand so it can replace um, a lot of the meat uh, a lot of the meat industry in New Zealand it can be um, pretty much useful anything it can be used for clothing it can be used as a concrete fireproof (laughs) quite crazy Um, it can be you can have hemp milk um, just so many um, very various ways of using hemp Mm. um, or cannabis just in general and um, we also uh, uh, want to have a, a cafe there to educate people and kind of um, act as like a tourist spot in Christchurch and um, city because at the moment, Christchurch City is being built up and we're attracting tourists, but at, at the moment, it's, it's, it's not there yet. So we want to be part of the attraction that why people come to mm. New Zealand as well. Mm. Yeah. No, that's interesting.
0: Yeah, I, I think I, it would pay for me to learn more because i think for me i do have lots of preconceptions yes. around cannabis when you use the word cannabis immediately there's lots of things yes that yeah. spring to mind but having said that i do know there's a lot of other aspects of the plant mm-hmm. when, and if you describe it as hemp it's a, it's a very different reaction yes because i think hemp you know it is something that is very fast growing and is usable for clothing mm-hmm. it can be harvested and it can be a food product as well yeah so yeah Definitely. it's interesting well we'll keep an eye out and see how it develops yeah but a shout out to michael and shout out um, to michael yeah yeah his episode i think it's like episode 15 or 16 like right, as we really. record this up to 138 so he <laughs> was one of the first ones <laughs> we recorded in this room actually oh really yeah. he, was yeah, here. Yeah, yeah. he was here. <laughs> awesome yeah it was fun and i said to him i want to have him on as a second a, a right. second episode because we didn't talk about everything that he was involved in he had a piece of paper and he was like drinkable rivers and yep, you know yep. all, all these other things as well definitely so, yeah, yeah oh, he's
1: a man good. inspirational man definitely yeah. he, he was the one that got me into um, cannabis and vakamana so oh, okay. yeah, yeah yeah he yeah yeah he's a great guy I've known him for um, quite a few years now but yeah I kind of look up to him in a way that uh, he when, once he believes in something he truly believes in it and then promotes it like you know mm-hmm. with it, all his heart so yeah, yeah. Um, forgot to mention is that for Fakamana, we are raising um, we are doing uh, crowdfunding next month on the 20th of November so uh, we'll be um, uh, releasing that so you can buy one share, a um, dollar per share, and minimum of um, fifty shares, so fifty dollars minimum um, purchase, and um, you'll get to be part of the journey, and mm-hmm. you'll get to own the part of the company. Mm-hmm. So um, we've got big plans for the museum. It's 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 a beautiful place. Um, next time you drive by, it's an old heritage building. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, we we want to rebuild that into cafeteria, and and we want to make it into a nightclub, alcohol free nightclub. Um, I don't know if you're familiar but the nightlife in New Zealand I'm oh, sorry, not in New Zealand, Christchurch, just mm. in general. You know, there's a lot of alcohol involved and um you know, uh that compared to a uh, alcohol free nightclub where everyone's kinda of just relaxing and, and enjoying that, that's something that I think will be very um, beneficial in our community as well. Mm. Uh, something that you can actually go at late night, not you know drunk off your face <laughs> yeah yeah to yeah. say yeah well yeah. since
0: we're talking about health products i think actually in the future one day people are going to look back and just look, look at the overconsumption of alcohol yes within a society like new zealand you know it it's not actually that great <laughs> <laughs> yeah you know yeah. for many health reasons many and, health reasons um, yeah you know but but people do over consume <laughs> yeah and um and it's kind of acceptable even though it's not doing anything healthy to your body so exactly oh that's great well i've really enjoyed our conversation and particularly just going back in time hearing about your childhood and being able to trace your journey and you know looking at your you know having a five-year plan at age 19 and (laughs) now you're kind of getting to the end of that and you've got your business and and things are going along so um thank you so much for
1: coming on the show i really appreciate your time oh thank you for inviting me and be able to share my journey
0: Well, I hope you enjoyed that interview with Ron. I know for me, I really enjoyed hearing his perspective, having come from Korea, and then the hard times that he's gone through and then setting up his own business. There's some links in the show notes to the things that we talked about as well. And don't forget to check out the video and the second interview that we did, which takes place a hundred years from now, because that was really fun to do.